Hi, welcome to this Property Live podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach, and mentor. This week, we are revisiting an episode that we recorded right back in the early days of the podcast. In this fabulous interview, Caroline Claydon talks to Anna Attlee about how she juggled motherhood and overcame her lack of self-confidence to build a property portfolio that allowed her to leave her job in just five short months. Let's hear again from Anna Attlee. Today we are joined by Dr. Anna Attlee. We are very honoured, who has been actively investing in property for the last five years. Hi, Anna. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Tell us how long it was before you could go in, how you could do property full time. So from five years ago when you started, how long did it take you to do full time, leave the day job and all of that stuff behind you? Okay, so... um, much, much quicker than I ever anticipated. So super shocking. I start, I did my course, I did a course in property, um, as you know, uh, with a rather marvelous trainer, yourself. So that was August of 2015. And I started properly like getting confidence, putting in offers in October. And January, I made more money than I ever have ever made in all my life. And so just to put it in context, I was en route to be a professor. So I um, had got my PhD. I was working as a postdoctoral researcher. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of was pretty shocked to find myself able to support myself financially very, very quickly. Um, but not all joy, quite a lot of hard work and very sore feet. So that's what, six months, seven months? Wow. But okay. kind of less than that, because I had like a soup. I, I wasn't, so I, I I'm, was so shocked. It was literally uh, two deals that sort of came one after each other and then a third, like buses, everything just came, 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 came at once, like uh, out of the blue, super shocking sort of situation. So you must have had lots of money to start with then. Is that right? <laughs> no, not at all. So I came to the course as with my mother-in-law's best friend. So give you a context. I had made interesting life decisions, which were really good. Like I want to save the world. So I, if anybody who knows me knows that I want to buy nature reserves, uh, save the bees, um, plant wildflowers, super duper hippie. So property is not sounding like a really natural progression for me. What happened was I did really well in academia. So I wrote tons of papers because I thought I could change the world by writing papers and doing really well academically. So I committed myself to this. Um, I ended up somehow consulting for DEFRA on their policies for like saving bees and stuff. And then I realized um, nobody was reading my papers apart from me and DEFRA did not care what I had to say. Um, And I, even though I came in with another, with a professor who was much more senior than me, we were struggling to kind of get our stuff through. It's subsequently been heard and they've acted on it five years later. Um, So I quit my academic route and started Seedball, um, which all of you should check out. Uh, It's uh, online and in many shops. So I started Seedball as a way of growing wildflowers from seed and saving bees. But 
it was much harder than I imagined. So I was in a shed in my bottom of my garden with twins and actually had less money than I ever had in my life. So this is the context before I went into your training, um, which was like, oh God, I remember I couldn't, I was doing my Tesco shop like the week before and just debating if I could afford 20 piece spaghetti. Wow. <laughs> and, I, I, and I got twin babies that were two years old. And I was like, okay, this was all really enthusiastic and, and maybe I've messed up. And I also um, have like had a physical problem, which meant that I couldn't manufacture at the time. So I, my hands weirdly had stopped working, which is another weird thing that's sort of come along, which meant that I was like, I can't, I've started a job where I've started a business where I'm not, I'm very sociable. I can't meet anyone, can't talk to anyone. And I'm in a shed in my garden. Mm. Um, and I'm also not making money. And I've also basically screwed up my life. Like, what have I done? And so my mother-in-law's best friend came in and she was like, I'm going to this thing on the weekend. I got a spare ticket. You're really good at maths, come along. And so that was the context of me like walking in and just being like, I I think I knew it was property related. I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought, you know, chance to get out, meet people. Um, and, you know, I'll support, like, support Julie and just like see what this whole thing is about. Um, this buying property thing, just not from my perspective. I was like, I'm, this is clearly like not going to be for me. Like I'm more about the garden, not the house. So yeah. And, and I sat at the front row cause I'm a SWAT and I was like in the middle at the front going, we're here. I'm gonna gonna support Julie to the to the beginning. And my mind was blown. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So no, no money at all, and no credit history. Wow. Okay. Nothing. So what strategies did you start with? Because if you if you managed to turn things around in such a short period of time, how did you do it? That's what the listeners are going to be thinking: is what you got from <laughs> garden shed with a startup seed ball business with no money can barely. <laughs> 20 piece spaghetti to suddenly becoming financially secure in like six months yeah. how did you do it yeah exactly um, <laughs> I don't you know I question it I feel like it's about commitment this whole game and like if other people can do it then you can do it too so I wasn't really held back by this like lack of money situation I went in did the courses I got angeled to go on to advanced training um, so not only had I zero money, I'd also now somehow managed to make myself an exciting debt uh, to pay off. But, you know, I, I could do it. I felt it. And then I went and I had um, I had some coaching quite early on in this. And it was the coaching that just sort of changed my mind. Like I had the skills from learning stuff, from yeah. courses that I, stuff that I'd never learned before. And I I had this like amazing coach, Lindsay Hopkins. So I have to say, I owe my life to your training and to Lindsay. Um, and I just went in and I was like, what do I do? So first I had a business that I was running, but I have um, something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which not many people have heard, which basically means that sometimes if I use my body too much, I can either basically not walk wow. or yeah, not use my hands or like it's, 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 a, but it's from overuse. So I had to find a job that I could only make money using my voice. That's the only way I can make money okay. uh, is talking to people. And so Lindsay was like, right, we have to get you out, replace you with somebody. And then gave me some advice on the business. And then 
what you need to do is a strategy with no money. So I went out and I did rent to rent. Okay. That's the first thing I did. I tried to get a joint venture partnership up and running, um, but that fell through. That fell through. So I had a big disappointment and I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to like put on my big girl pants. Yeah. And, and I, and I also have like this freaking fear of the phone. Like what is wrong with me? Like I got all these problems. Like why did I decide to do this? I'm like, I don't want to talk to people on the phone. I was really scared of estate agents. I was like, I can't even book a viewing. Like what am I doing? So I just was like, no, I've made, I'm like, I can't continually mess up my life. This is just a really bad situation. So yeah, I went and I, I, I read books on rent to rent because there was no course at that time. So I read like two books um, and I got like, I spoke to some people that did it before, which is the most amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and they were like, look, you just got to, you got to get out there. You got to put your offers in. You've got to accept that you're going to be rejected, which freaked me out. Cause I was like, oh my God, if someone says no to me, yeah. I would probably like to crawl under my sofa, which is what I did do actually. Like I cried so much, like <laughs> for the first six months, cause I was so out of my comfort zone. I was like, oh, this is, this is terrifying. But like randomly the first viewing I ever booked turned into, <laughs> turned If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. the first rent to rent okay I was so like hit up (laughs) so what was the the vendor situation how did it come about yes so it is like anything there's like a simple formula you're looking for a distressed vendor right so this isn't rocket science and it and it really appeals to me and my analytical nature so I've also realized through this that I can kind of maximize various personality traits so that I can come in and like freaking smash this. So I was like, okay, I am friendly. Like I might be scared, but I am friendly. So I can do this. And part of my research was, you know, conflict management and how to deal with different personality types. So I was like, great, bring that in. And the other half was like, work out what the algorithm is, work out what the pattern is. So we're looking for a guy who's distressed here or girl. Um, And we need, obviously, first off, we need a house or a flat that's got, a room that can be turned into a bedroom that was my first criteria um and so I just you just easily go on like spare room work out what the room rate is I was like okay it's 650 a month for a room near where I am in London um and then calculate kind of vaguely okay this is the rent this guy wants and then looking for somebody who's advertising where it's free advertising 
Um, so like open rent Gumtree, you know, somewhere they are some stingy person. They're not like paying top dollar. So that, or people who are like advertising in loads of places, like they are desperate to get rid of their house. So there's like, you see them have a scroll through like right move Gumtree, whatever for the people who've advertised this a lot. And sometimes they vary the price and sometimes they write in things like, Oh, could be good for sharers. Like I please someone take my house. Yeah. So, yeah. And so this is what this guy was. He was like everywhere, Gumtree, right move, multiple houses, like multiple estate agents, letting agents like all over. So I was like, this, this, I have no excuse. I have literally no excuse. The flat was like five minutes walk from where I was. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) And every excuse I'd made for myself, like, I can't do anything too far away. I've got kids. I can't do this. I've got a business. Like, Every excuse I came up with, I was like, man. And so then I was like, I can't even ring. I couldn't even ring the estate agents because it was on with the, the letting agents. So I was like, okay, if you can't ring the letting agent. So I always feel like what I've done in this is, and what everybody should realize is you don't have to be confident. And I seem so confident now, but I was freaking scared. Everybody that you you will meet that knew me at the time will know how scared I was. So I was like, okay, if I can't do that, do something. So I read the slight edge and I was like, just slight edge it, Anna, just freaking slight edge. Even if it takes you 10 years to get a rent to rent, it's something. So I was like, I'm not going to ring because I'm too too nervous to ring and I'm going to say something terrible. So I emailed, I was like, just email. And then they'll pick it up in the morning and then I can go to bed and have some wine and, you know, it'll all be fine. Um, But they emailed back straight, straight away. And I was like, oh God. And I had like our first team member at the time in the shed. So there's me and my wife that was running Seedball. And then I met somebody, which also I can credit with my success. I met somebody called Maggie Albrecht at the basic training with you. I don't know if you you know her, like she's amazing. Yes, yeah. She was on my basic. I met her at the last minute and we were, we clicked instantaneously. She's She's got an amazing aura about her and she's so like calming and so when it was time for the first staff member she needed a job for to for her to invest in money so I was like Maggie please and also I had no no confidence so I was like I can ask her because she's super nice and so I asked her and she came so she was in the shed with us and also what what we don't know about Maggie at this point which I'm going to tell you is that she's an NLP coach so I was like some genius that didn't know it but I actually employed an NLP coach so I had like a like daily daily coaching from Maggie all the way through this she was like clearing blocks all the way helping me with my language and so she was just kind of there as I was going through all this stressful stuff just at my side as like a cheerleader um so yeah this email came through and it was like yeah come along so Maggie's like yeah okay just reply and say like when and they they were like yeah, you can do this slot. So they gave me options. And one was that evening. And I think it was like six o'clock that evening. And I just freaking emailed at like quarter to five. So I emailed at quarter to five because I wanted it to be shut. Yeah. Because I didn't want to have like this whole, like this situation that was coming. Like I wanted to kind of prolong it a bit so I could mentally prepare. Um, So I had like Maggie and Em going, it's six it's meant to be go so I I, at that point I I went and I was pretty pep talked by everybody so I think I went into the situation in a in a very very positive NLP 
pep talked way and just just smashed it great and did you get to meet the vendor there or was it the letting agent first it was the letting agent mm-hmm. and then the letting agent wanted me to the vendor wanted to meet me um because he didn't really he wasn't he wasn't against it at all like I I'm and this is the whole way through for everybody to realize that every single thing I've done every time I've asked for something I've I originally thought I was asking for something that I didn't deserve and then I realized that I'm helping somebody and I just it's that flip and if you can make that switch earlier then you will do so much better than like me like that switch I realized as I had the conversation with him, that he just wanted to see, could I help him? Was I a valid person? Was I like somebody that he could trust with his property? Um, and he was just really, really lovely. And, you know, I have um, quite a strong LinkedIn profile. And I have, as you know, like I said before, like I advise government, I've, I've done a lot of things. And it doesn't matter, you don't have to advise government, whoever, like whatever, you don't have, like have to have the same credentials I have, but it's solid, have a solid social media presence, have a website, if you can have something that is showing you your potential vendors or angel investors, that you're somebody to invest in that you're somebody that they can trust. And so he'd already checked me out. So he knew that, that i done all these things and I was a trustworthy person so it's pretty much a done deal as soon as he checked in online which was great for me and my lack of confidence at the time brilliant so you're yeah I mean mindset is such a huge part of this property investment game and I think people underestimate it massively they think well, I just need to go out and find deals I need to find, know how to get money it's actually way more than that and it's all about the mindset behind it um which you know your confidence or lack thereof you've managed to overcome massively so you started with rent to rent because of your circumstances yeah and then what did you move into after rent to rent what strategies have you done since then so rent to rent was as you know like freaking awesome so uh, everything was done on a credit card everyone so (laughs) it was like which I had taken an effort to get the credit card sorted because I didn't have them um so I had no credit history so this was a problem for me um starting out in property so not only just the lack of money, it was like the lack of everything. But yeah, so I had that, did everything on a credit card. The By January, all this was like paying for me and got me out of my job. And so I then started sourcing. Sourcing. With, yeah. So you have to create capital pots in this game. And I, I had no angel in my head, right? I was like, no one's gonna angel me. No, who would invest in me? Like, what a random thing. Like, obviously now I know that that was crazy, but loads of people will think this as they go oh, through yeah. like Loads of people think, oh, who on earth would lend me money? Why on earth yeah. would you do it if I've not got any experience? You know, exactly everything you've just said, that's what everyone is doing. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, I was so nervous as well to tell anyone what I was doing because like I'd come from, like conservation environmental background and I I was already scared like doing business as well doing seed ball I was like people hate me because I'm doing a business and making money like now yeah. they're gonna hate me even more like what like I'm like on a roller coaster to some weird like capitalist destination where all my friends are like super socialist and like thought thinking business was bad so I had all these things I was like so I can't tell anyone what I'm doing so nobody can invest in me and like yeah. family is a write-off so I was like, I can source because I'm really good at spreadsheets and I'm really committed to right move. 
like right move seriously is it not like the argos catalog for like adults anyway like, yeah you're like you sit there at night and go oh this one this one so i was like look through it i love it i was i was really committed to kind of working out what my areas were anyway and visiting that and so i was really i was confident in that i could find some deals so i set out to start sourcing as i said i did initially try and do a jv but yeah, yeah it fell through even though it was, it was such a great deal right and now i look at that deal now and i'm like i know right i know that was a good deal i would have fought for it more it was like 40 grand and like worth like 60 all day done up and like it needed some work not tons of work anyway but i didn't have the confidence to fight for it then so i went out found some properties which was also like every single aspect is you're out of your comfort zone so this especially at the beginning you're like for me, I felt like I had a tiny comfort zone, my little shed, my little yeah. tiny life, you know, not even, even with Seaball, I wasn't, I didn't even dare talk to like shops to get stocked. I'd like just do social media and hope a shop would come to me, um, which, which happened. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, like I'd kept my comfort zone so small. So it was really nerve wracking to go out. And so the first property that I found I'd run my numbers so, so many times. Like, and I still will do that. I still like work out best case scenario for like when your surveyor is really nice for when yeah. like nothing gets repossessed on your street for when like all these, like there's, and then middle case, which is based off like all the comps and then home track and mouse price and Zoopla and right move comparables. And I do like so much stuff. And then the worst case for everybody hates you and then we've got COVID and then the solicitors are off. So I've kind of run it on all of those. So this first deal are like stacked up on like 45 different ways. So I was like, okay, now I can pass it on. And so I, I also did this thing where I was like, I was being coached by Lindsay, who was like, I think he was pretty shocked how quickly I pivoted from rent to rent to this. Yeah. Um, so I think I got the first three rent to rents and I was like, Linz. I can't do rent to rent. I hate HMOs. This is horrible. Everyone's really unhappy all the time. And it's really stressful because people are, they're always like have problems with like hoovers and toilets and strange yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I was like, no, this is not for me. So I pivoted as quickly as I'd made my money. Um, and so I went off. And so he was like, right, you have to find investors. Go network, Anna. Yes, out you go. No, I thought, I don't, <laughs> don't want to actually network where you speak to people. Like that just seems like a really bad idea. Like, why would you want to like talk to anyone? Like it took me like the whole three days of basic to meet Maggie and speak to her at the end. Like, yeah. so it's like that online forum. I love online forums. Okay, we'll do that. So it's similar to the email. So I've always done this thing where if I'm uncomfortable, just, just put it online. So I just popped it in the forum. I was like, got a deal, Ta-da! anyone want it? Yeah. <laughs> put in my numbers. And I had like loads of people come back. And it was just like, it was amazing. It was like the first property was like 32, 35 grand or something like that. It was like really, really good numbers. Now I wish I just bought them all. Like that's the main problem with sourcing. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it starts to get more and more heartbreaking to like give these amazing houses away. But this house was like amazing and loads of people replied. And then I got in a position where I had like, one of the guys that replied was just like super knowledgeable and amazing and like 
they just were so far ahead of me in property that I was like, I'm going to source to you. And not only am I going to source to you, you don't know it, but I'm going to like hook into you like I did with Maggie and you will become my mentor. (laughs) So that's kind of what I did. And then we co-sourced for a while. So, yeah. Brilliant. So what's the what's in the pipeline at the moment? What are you doing now? We've got COVID around uh, the corner, which is making things a little interesting. How are you coping with your, your property business with all of that going on? Um, so COVID, what has it done anything? It stopped me for a while. Um, so I did. So in my journey, kind of to date, I have I'm really lucky to now have built myself a passive income. So I got rid of the rent to rents um, because they just, they just give me heart palpitations, Um, which is not for, it's not for everyone. It's it's a personality thing. The whole thing in property is personality. And also I feel like just as a caveat to anyone, just because it doesn't suit you doesn't mean it's not right for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And just because you made one wrong step, I make wrong steps constantly, constantly, constantly. And and you can backtrack. It's okay. There is a solution for every problem. Like you say this, it's absolutely right. Um, And so I have completed on HMOs. I just bought another property, uh, just a little sneaky cheeky one that was like so exciting that I, another like literally worth zero money. Like I was bought it for 32 grand. um, And I was like, I I hate these like modern method of auctions. I don't know if you've yeah. done them. Yes, that's right. <sighs> it's not for me. Like it's the first one I've done. I'm not an auction person. I don't like, I'm I'm too analytical. Like this kind of situation of being able to make a decision on the spot is not for me. Um, but this property is, it was just amazing. And the guy that was doing the modern method of auction was like not letting it go online. And I need to see it online. I'm not trusting this person when he says, oh, loads of interest, Anna. And I'm thinking, and I, I still think like, what BS, right? Loads yeah. of interest. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Don't try like push me up. I'm not, I'm, that's the owl in me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wait for this to come online. Like, so I can physically see this loads of interest. And I went on and I saw the last bid was like 13 days ago. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to put just a little sneaky crap bid in that's clearly not going to get it. Because I was like, no way, no way. If I got it for this, I'll be happy, like laughing to the bank. But I was prepared to like go up into like 40 grand or like just, which is a lot in, when you're looking at these tiny little properties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sneaky little bid just won it. And he rang me and he's like, yeah, you've got it. So I just like instantaneously like paid reserve fee, like fired it to solicitors so Great. yeah I got those in I found it hard to do viewings obviously um so I've started doing some viewings I'm thinking of doing a service accommodation strategy which is not something I've done before yeah and because I'm super I've got this analytical side when I have completed my data like and I'm like oh yeah then I'll go and I'm like all in and I'm like freaking bye 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 right and I and I love it I never realized I was a lion right but clearly quite a lion like I was clearly a kitten when I started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, so I'm, I'm wanting to go in on service accommodation, which I know seems crazy because no. of how difficult it's been like, but. Well, we're, we're seeing on our service accommodation at the moment that it's um, the smaller units, the sort of self-contained houses, they're yeah. booking up really, really, uh, they're booking up fast because it's, the whole staycation thing. People aren't sure when they're going to be able to go overseas again on holiday safely. 
without the quarantine thing. And so any uh, service accommodation we've got that's kind of self-contained is is booking up and is pretty booked up for the next few months. What do you mean by self-contained? Well, as in, uh, well, we've got the hotel. So as in somebody can move in and stay for the night or the weekend, but they could meet another person in the communal areas. Whereas house- oh, like a whole block. Yeah, yeah, a house or a flat or an apartment that they can go to and meet no one else and be infected by them. Yeah, uh, those are really going well. Um, just because of the whole staycation, people worried about not being able to go away, and people are desperate for a change of scenery. Yeah, I I think this is really interesting. So I obviously, as you know, my little owl self goes in, and I'm like, ah, looking at all the data. Anybody who's listening, stop, don't get on on this idea. But I think this is the way to go. I'm like, this is like everyone's going to be like wanting this staycation thing for a really long time, and I think there's a lot of this is an exciting moment I think for mm. serviced accommodation I think if you can have the for want of a better word like the balls to be in during this roller coaster time of heaven knows when you're going to get like when's it going to get shut down don't know right when are they going to how are the heck are they going to value this so these are the things that go through my head yeah. it's like okay valuation is it going to be on bricks and mortar at this point because clearly like commercial valuation is going to be totally mental right because what, what are you going to show them for bookings? Like it's not a normal year. Like, so the, so the guy's going to come in and be like, well, are your bookings either super high because of, like everyone's like allowed to go. So now it's block booked yeah. or super low because no one can go. Right. So how are they going to do this? And I, the whole way through this, this is the problem. The main difficulty in property is like these crazy surveyors that come in at the last, right. And they have all the power and like, we can, we can just trust. That's all we can do is go, well, we've done all our job. We've ticked as many boxes as possible. But yeah. I think as long as you have like that confidence and the strength of portfolio and stuff, I think that this is like the way to go. Yeah. Like, it just, is. like you say, that whole worst case scenario, middle case scenario, best case scenario. If you can go through all of those and, and you can cope with the worst case scenario, then there's no reason for you to not do the deal, right? So it sounds like you do all of your all of your decision making based on data, no emotion, just the numbers tells you everything. <laughs> I think I have so much emotion in me anyway, right? So I'm like, this makes sense that we just do it on numbers because I'm so prone to just like freaking out. And like, I do this thing, like, so every morning I always start with like Miracle Morning and Savers. So the visualization thing has been key to me. It's helped me so much because... I freak out so quickly about things. So I'm like, no, man, we're going to visualize this. Visualize that this is going to happen in your day, like whatever point of the day. And like, so whether it's like even with a deal, when I'm doing a deal, I'll try and visualize all of these scenarios and how you're going to cope with it. And then I actually find that my emotional like roller coaster is, is not so much. It's right. still there. You know, the wine went up a heck of a lot um, <laughs> in general in property. But, you know, visualizing really helps and actually you know i uh, life is worth being a roller coaster i really couldn't deal with just being like some kind of dull dull thing that you're going to keep going and it's all on the straight no not now not for me exactly so in terms of expanding what yeah. do you see as um your main focus is what are you visualizing on to help you expand in your portfolio yeah so I mean obviously it's it's the time is to keep growing this portfolio and so it's just a case of basically um I'm out there I'm trying to keep um 
keep the lookout for good deals all the time so that I can expand like my people that I'm working with to angel money, especially obviously the banks are um, not giving much interest. So I'm trying to create those deals and keep the deals and the pipelines going across the board, you know, so I'm still buying. I'm not, I have got HMOs um, and I have done developments. I think developments is probably more for me, a HMO is less so, but I really, really love my buy to less. So I'm sticking with that. Um, I've had some joint venture partners come on board. So always looking for that. Um, I love working with people. Like as long as it's the right like mix and we get on really well. And so I, I think that's what I found in this is that I'm, I enjoy teaming up with somebody and, and that's when I've always done the best. So I think as I've taught through this, right, I've always seen the people I've worked with as a team with me where we all like play to our strengths. So I've loved that. And that's what I've really enjoyed. And so I've got a couple of um, a new joint venture partner coming on board and some other angels that I've worked with. I've just, and that's so exciting because one of the things that I've done recently is just, just seeing people. And I did that in sourcing. I love creating people's financial freedom. So I've got long-term angels that... I don't think I'm ever going to give their money back. Like, I don't think they're going to want it back, right? But I see them living like their most amazing lives. Like quite often, all these people live much actually nicer lives than me because I keep spending money all the time and putting myself back into that uncomfortable position where I'm expanding. But yeah, I get a lot of, um, I really enjoy that, you know, like seeing people and going, you want to live this life? I can help you live this life. It's yeah. really fun. Like just giving them a better return than what they would get in the banks. It's a win-win for everybody. Helps well, even them. if you do balloon payment, it's like giving somebody a holiday. Like it's so amazing. Like that whole, this property thing that I've loved, like from my kind of save the world socialist kind of side you can give. Cause I now see both sides of the coin. You're actually able to help people be like, you want this lifestyle? I can help you. I've like, even if you start with nothing like I started with, not, like no confidence, no credit score, no money, no nothing. I can help you. You can get to where you want to go. If you've got money, then frick, man, what do you want out of life? Like, what? how much do you want to live on? Like, th- these are the questions that, like, not only do I ask for myself, in fact, I find it easier to ask other people. Like, what, what makes you happy? Like, what level of income? What lifestyle? And I love working that out with people, whether that's with my angels or with, like, when I was doing sourcing, which I don't really do anymore. I do have some people that I'll find properties for, but not really from the perspective of, cash creation now just from that helping them like because yeah. you can just see it I, how addictive is it like seeing people get like I think financially free is probably slightly the wrong word like independent yeah right? to just be like why have you got a job like I find this with people now where I'm like well if you're unhappy why are you in your job if you're unhappy like there's just you can do all these things like and I said rent to rent was not for me but it really took no time and the main thing was just stressing that like I, I am very empathetic. So it was just, and, and that's what I have problem with HMOs as well. Right. So I have the more tenants I have, the more empathy I feel for every single one of them and like their boiler problems and my boiler problems. And yeah. so it, it's hard, like the rent to rent, you're not, you don't have a letting agent. I didn't, I never got to that stage. So the letting agent has been great because I can put them between me and the tenant as far as like an emotional thing. And I can be the good landlord. That's like, yes, here yes I will repair things I will do these things for you and yes you can have a dog and yes you can live your life and please have your home as your home and I love that that's great right but the the rent to rent's hard because I'm not a letting agent I'm just like 
oh my gosh, they don't like the standing up hoover. I have to get them a little hoover. Like I get really too stressed about the stupid stuff. But that to me, I take that any freaking day over like bullying bosses and like hours where you can't see your kids. Like the freedom I felt from that rent to rent, which I have gratitude for. It's like, I was just like in London Zoo every day. Like what? Who lives that life? Sometimes I'm like, I live this life. This life is like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I've got this like amazing song, like a, a Spotify playlist, of, like entrepreneurs. I'm like, like ri- literally we live the most amazing life. And yes, it's stressful. And yes, it's like all this stuff. But my God, like we were talking about this earlier. We can be with our kids. Like, yes, they might drive us mad, but I could homeschool my kids. Like, no. <laughs> maybe, not, not, maybe not effectively. <laughs> exactly so if people want to get in touch with you and find you to maybe get involved in your projects or jv or angel how would they get in touch with you anna yeah anybody contact me at any time and any questions you ever have i know like i ramble on but if anything i ever say is useful to you or you want to be involved in any way um i'm on facebook under dr anna atley uh, Twitter, the same handle, and Instagram, the same handle. And I'll always check my DMs on any of those kind of things. Um, and also, like, I run the social media for Seedball as well. So if you can't remember me and you just remember Simple Seedball, you can get to me that way. Like, I love I'm- the Seedball posts. The Seedball posts are just so good. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Seedball is, well, you, you can describe what Seedball is. Uh, so Seedball is my crazy invention of the easier way to grow wildflowers from seed because I'm such a rubbish gardener and I just want to save the world so it's like seed clay and compost and chili powder in a ball so the chili powder stops like sugs and snails like eating the little tiny plants Um, and you just throw them and then basically there's a mixture of different seeds so if you've got a shady area of the garden the shady flowers grow if you've got a sunny area of the garden sunny flowers grow and you know that's it's it's a very simple way to grow kind of from seed and we have like lots of different products now used to be just in the tin um but now we do like things that are for um corporate events and birthday gifts and things like that and yeah all number of different products from Q Gardens B&Q 500 shops in the UK alone amazing (laughs) amazing and when I first met you you were literally in a shed making some balls with seeds on it and now you're in by hand. exactly by hand with your hands that didn't work yeah so yeah it's, you've come out an incredible way and yeah a very different perspective a lot of people get into property purely just for the money 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 and you can see the conflict you've gone through on wanting to save the world help people but give yourself that stability for your family so it's been an incredible journey thank you so much for sharing it with us today um, and I hope people can reach out to you and, and buy Seedball as well as uh, watch your, your property journey grow even better. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who wants to get in touch, do. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. See you again soon, Anna. Thank you. Thanks. That was such an inspirational episode. Definitely worth revisiting. Anna is so real and authentic, which makes her really easy to relate to. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix. Did you know that Property Wealth System also has a YouTube channel? There's a whole host of amazing free content on there, including tips and advice from experienced investors, real life project walkthroughs and up to date property news that is a must watch if you've got an interest in property and property investing. 
just search for This Property Life on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. Last but not least, come and join the conversation over on the Property Wealth System community on Facebook. This is a great place to network with everybody that you've heard on the podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.